0: Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is Christmas morning, signing day. Uh, I'm here with Coach Cheese. How you doing, Cheese? What's going on? I'm doing good. Doing good. Great. How do you feel about your class? Uh, this is the best class we've
1: signed in years, and we finally broke the top 100, so yeah. <laughs> it's fine.
0: Maybe even decades, you know. Uh, great. Well, so, yeah, we're just going to go through a couple of... Uh, a couple of players talk about where they signed, why they signed with that team, and then, uh, yeah. So we'll start out with Caleb Dirts, Conference 28 twenty eight three three tie, choosing between Culver City, Topeka, Austin, and Evansville. Caleb, Caleb is um, the number forty five uh, most recruited player. He was an excellent scouted six nine power forward. Fair plus, fair plus, good. Poor plus, good. Um, he was fair local, fair minus win, and none plus impact. Uh, 12 points a game, 9.8 rebounds, 3.4 assists, one steal, 2.5 blocks, and a uh, turnover. So where did Caleb end up? Yeah, so he ended up going to Evansville. Okay. Uh, why do you think – yeah, why Evansville? And Evansville was 15-9 and
1: nine last season. I mean, the you look at his – Preferences, and it doesn't seem like there's much that factors in here. Would it be fair local, fair win, and none impact or something?
0: Yeah, yeah. So he doesn't care where he goes, but he cares a lot more about being a winner than he does making an impact right away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I haven't – I don't know a lot about those other three teams on him. I know Culver City is decent and kind of on the cusp of the NTT. Evansville was a PTT team last year. Uh, Their best player is Elisha McCoy, who put up 24 points a game last year. Um, So Dirks is going to be able to team up with him. Um, McCoy plays the small
0: forward, so it doesn't look like Dirks will fight him for it. Yeah. So Topeka and Austin are both um, preseason ranked 13 and um, 28. Evansville is preseason ranked 78 and uh culver city is preseason ranked 106 so evansville buffalo get him um yeah this guy's yeah this guy's gonna help him for sure you know um they needed a little help they still have uh elijah mccoy but they need a big man to kind of uh yeah distribute and um do all that stuff from down low so congratulations on dirks uh he was 49. He was 58% true shooting percentage uh, playing power forwards, but I think he could be a lot better now that he doesn't have to play with Atticus mains. And, you know, it's hard playing in a shadow of a guy like that. For sure. All right, let's go to the next one. We got Sean Smith. He signed with Duluth over Richmond, Fort Myers, and Albuquerque. So, Um, Sean Smith is the number 29th uh, overall ranked player, 6'7", out of Aspen. Uh, Poor scouted, good plus, good plus, good, none, poor plus. He had a none minus uh, local, fair plus win, and a good plus impact. He was 16.2, 9.9 rebounds, 2.8 assists, 0.9 steals, 2.5 blocks, and 0.8 turnovers from the center position what do you think why do you think he chose Duluth did you say what his preferences were and I wasn't listening yeah he his preferences are none minus fair plus and good plus okay yeah that's really interesting so um
1: just looking at Duluth's roster I mean obviously they're uh this is a killer class for them um yeah. The, the only starter they graduated was their power forward. Um, I, I don't know that Smith would want to fill that spot at six seven, but he played center in high school. It's always mm-hmm. interesting to me to see guys that play center in high school that you know are under six eight um, to see how they transition to college, and a lot of them move out to the wing. Um, so roster wise, yeah. that's interesting to me.
0: Um, He's got an interesting roster for sure. Right, that's Um, what I'm saying. And like Gaboni's not like a, he's not a bona fide starter or anything. It's not like he needs to start for sure. And uh, Paolo uh, Bulls, he seems like a pretty solid backup big. I wouldn't mind him sliding into the power forward spot and Smith playing a little um, small forward. Uh, But we'll see. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because Ramon Smith is the guy that's uh, 6'9", playing backup point guards. That's kind of interesting. Sean Smith did shoot 54, 40, and 79 in high school for a 59.8% true shooting percentage. So very efficient on his 16.2 points a game. Let's look at the –
1: I was just looking up the other teams – that were on him, it looks like uh, Duluth is the highest ranked preseason at number 27. Okay. is lower. uh, Richmond's a little lower. So, um, yeah, he he didn't necessarily go with the best team that was on him, um, but I think he's going to have a chance to
0: make a big impact uh, with this team. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Cody Schaller. Um, he's the six-five point guard. Um, out of conference, uh, he's out of conference twenty-nine, um, Scottsdale, and he signed with Yakima. Um, and he signed with Yakima over, um, Lake Tahoe, Scottsdale, and Phoenix. So, uh, his his preferences were, um. So he was a fair scout, excellent, excellent, fair, fair, good plus. And his preferences were excellent plus excellent and poor plus impact. So um, twenty-three points, 0.6 points per game, uh, three, three rebounds, three assists, 1.5 steals, two turnovers. Looks like a great point guard that could fit in really well with Yakima. Yakima is interesting because they're not necessarily – a winner. You don't no one no one would mistake a team that's been to the uh DTT for the last five straight <laughs> years a winner. Um but that's that's where he ended up signing. Um which begs the question, why why did a guy this talented sign with Yakima?
1: Yeah, and I feel bad for Scottsdale on this one. Um obviously he's from uh Scottsdale's conference conference 29 and he moves over to conference 30. So well, He's from their hometown actually. He's from Scottsdale. That's what I'm saying, yeah. Um, yeah. So, that, you know, they were recruiting hometown boy. Obviously, the hometown doesn't give many any advantage over being in the conference, but it's still fun when you can land those recruits. You know, both these coaches were thinking this is a local guy. <clears throat> Phoenix was on him, too, from Conference 32, so all, also in that region. Um, and uh, he, he flipped from 29 to 30, so it's a bummer for Scottsdale. Um it's a little bit of a head-scratcher, as you said, with a perennial DTT team um, when uh, Scottsdale's, Scottsdale and Phoenix have both been pretty
0: competitive in the past. Yeah. And kind of what I heard was, you know, his girlfriend's going to Scottsdale and they actually just broke up. Um, yeah, and so, do it. you know, yeah, like he just wanted his space, you know, and is definitely not the best team out there, but it – but it works out for them, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's just sometimes how the cookie crumbles. So let's let's look at James Daniels. Um, so James Daniels was being recruited by Ocala, Denver, and Riverside. He is a um, 6'8", small forward out of – nope, sorry, different guy. <laughs> like, which he's, a six, he's a 6'3" small forward out of Sioux City, fair scouted, excellent, fair plus, poor, excellent minus fair athlete, fair minus local, poor minus uh, win and excellent impact. He scored 29 points, 26.9 per, points per game, 4.1 rebounds, 0.7 assists, 1.1 steal 0.9 blocks and 1.3 turnovers. So where did he end up?
1: Yeah, he ended up in Denver, and you know this looks like a pretty straightforward uh, impact preference carried. Um, I have not uh, looked in detail at Ocala or Riverside, but for Denver, they had two guys on their team average double-digit scoring last year. Uh, one of those guys graduated, um, so Daniel steps real easily into a starting role, um, probably could play either. Uh, backcourt position if he wanted to. I, I could see him as a shooting guard, um, replacing the senior Haynes from last year.
0: Yeah. And at 59.4% true shooting, 26.9 points a game, this guy can fill it up. He, um, he joins Cody Ola and Andre Garcia, the big man, um, for the 6630 class. Uh, I, I guess it would be Daniels that would make that class higher, but I can't say that for sure. It could be Olet. Olet looks really good, too. Um, Can just seem like he can do everything, right? Yeah, and I mean,
1: this Denver team is ranked 140 in the preseason. I I could see them being better than that pretty easily because of the pieces they put together with this class. A really good guard and a really versatile big, and then a seven-one guy. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's like, man,
0: they could be a lot better than what they look like right now. Yeah, um, so another guy that was uh, being recruited by, uh, by um, Ocala was Dylan Stone, and Dylan Stone is a six-one point guard out of Rockford, averaging 23 points per game, 2.7 rebounds, 6.9 assists, 1.8 steals, 0. 0.2 blocks, 1.9 turnovers, shooting 56.7% true shooting percentage. He chose Joplin. Uh over day for Ocala, Ocala. What? So a tough day for Ocala. Yeah, over Ocala, Evansville, Green Bay, Milwaukee, and San Antonio. So why why Joplin you think oh I didn't read off his preferences. So uh Stone was a he was the twenty fifth ranked overall um most recruited and he was fair scouted, excellent, fair plus, good plus, fair plus, good plus. Fair, fair, local, fair plus win and good minus impact. So, why Joplin? Yeah, that's really interesting. I would have expected the local to be
1: higher because he stayed in Conference fourteen, and I and frankly, I would have expected his impact to be higher um, because uh, Joplin is not great. They're uh, five straight years in the DTT. They're number two hundred nine yeah. right now. Um,
0: he is But his impact was his most most preferential. Uh... Wait, what was it again? I thought you said it was low. No, no, it was uh, fair, fair plus good minus. Oh, good minus. It's not a huge, it's not a huge uh, discrepancy, but there is some discrepancy there.
1: Yeah, so that's. I mean, it looks like. Uh, are some of these other some of these other teams got to be in the same region? Green Bay and Milwaukee, probably. Yep. Um, I yeah, I don't know if they're the same conference. Uh, no, neither. But are, yeah, I mean, but. Stone's going to be the guy. Um, in in Joplin, they graduated their leading scorer in Allen Snodgrass. Uh, only one other guy averaging double figures last year. Um, they'll probably move Nick Chapman, who played point guard for him last year, probably bump him down um, to the two or the three, and let Dylan Stone just keep the ball in his hands as much as possible.
0: Yeah, and you gotta imagine this guy is the real team. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> this they brought in a sixty. 60- 11 class so they needed some help they've been in the DTT they finished uh, seventh to last in the DTT this year so they're they're gonna need all the help they can get and the other two guys they brought in are, are nothing special either yeah yeah so great get and that's that's a that's a uh, cornerstone you can build around point guard you need a point guard in this league that that's for sure but do you need? To so that's the perennial question yeah um. Okay, so next guy is Grayson Smith. He was a 3-3 tie from Conference 30 between Newark, Buffalo, Aberdeen, and Rockford. Um, Grayson was 7-foot, um, excellent scouted, fair, good minus, excellent minus, none plus, good minus. He was none local, good minus win, and none plus impact. So this guy wanted to win. Where would he end up? Yeah. He ended up in Aberdeen. Um, Okay. And that's a, go ahead. Yeah. That's a winning team, you know? Um, I mean, last year they, I mean, er, they're a decent team, you know, they're, they're in a tough conference. They play tough teams and they have some good coach. And I mean, they're overall the last five years, they've been the 35th ranked overall team. Yeah. What was his um, impact again? None plus, so he didn't want to make an impact. Interesting. I think he's going to.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah, a- Aberdeen, uh, they had a 6'7 small forward and a 6'5 power forward, it looks like, um, who both graduated. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's going he's gonna to join Joseph Souters, who played center last year, um, yeah. and probably be a Twin Towers um, for Aberdeen. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Aberdeen was a PTT team last year. Um, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just a couple of years removed from NTTs for them, and and he could be a piece that gets him back.
0: Yeah, and they they honestly got a pretty good team with uh Killo and Souders and um, now Grayson Smith, Riley Miller. I feel like could fit in really well, pretty much anywhere with his height. You know, he could play the two or the three, the four. If they're needing a pinch, but honestly, they I like the way this team's shaping up for the upcoming year. They, they did not have the highest overall recruiting rankings, but, you know, sometimes those, those are overrated. So we'll see. Um, Next player is Jeremiah Williams. And this was a huge tie between Wheeling, Charleston, Jefferson City, Duluth, Santa Fe, San Diego, College Station, Helena. Yep, that's it. So uh, – <laughs> Where did Jeremiah end up going? He went to Helena. So, yeah. so move from Conference twenty three to Conference twenty two. Go ahead. So yeah, Jeremiah Williams is a six three shooting guard. Um, scouted good, excellent, good, good, none, good. Uh, fair minus local, fair win and poor plus impact. So oh, really wide open. Yeah. Pretty much anyone. He did stay local against the Fairmise Craft, but that's pretty. That's pretty small. Um. Yeah. W- why do you guys? Th- why do you think he uh, chose Helena?
1: Yeah, and uh, I mean, honestly, when you get this big of a tie, it's it's a toss up. Um. You know, yeah. especially in looking looking who's there. Um, a historic program like Jefferson City. Um, a team like Santa Fe that has had some real talent in recent years. And I think they're in the top 30 power rankings right now. Um, Duluth, who's historically been good, Uh, you know, so he, he kind of had his pick of like, do I want to play for a storied program um, or do I want to go and try to build something else? Um, And that's not to say this team that he landed on is, is bad by any stretch. I mean, they're, they're just one year removed from three
0: straight MPTs. Yeah. Yeah, and when you I mean That's my way of saying I don't I think know. He, <laughs> <Your> yeah, <question. laughs> and I I do think he formed a bond with uh, Manuel Smith who did leave, you know, which is hard when you got a guy like that leave, but you know, they I think they kinda showed him it's like you could be our next Manuel Smith, you know, and we could be that stepping stone that gets you to the league. Um I think he liked that, you know. I mean, this guy scoring—he, there's so many, there's so much, many points open. They lost uh, 23 from Manuel and 14.4 from Paul MacArthur. So that's that's a lot of points up for grabs. Matthew Barber scored quite a bit too in high school, 24 points a game. So, and this this so this class overall is 81 39. So I would guess that Williams is kind of holding up that 39. Um, pretty strong by himself for sure all right so next one is joseph dillard um so funny story in this O'Cala had a clear lead on him pretty much all year fargo posted on the board about him how they started to come back and creep in and with the last um week they ended up getting a 1-1 tie with uh Ocala, wow. who forgot to recruit him. Uh, Fargo was really high on him. He said he was in his top 70 of his ranking. And uh, yeah, so he ended up, but he ended up staying with Ocala over the team that kind of made the late surge. And, you know, um, did you, did you talk to him at all after he made his decision? Did he have any reason he's six, six from Rochester um, power forward, fair scouted, fair plus fair, fair plus poor, fair uh, athleticism. He wants to stay local, wanted to win. Um, so, or he was fair plus local, fair minus win, and none impact. 16.9, 8.3, 1.6 uh, assists, 1.3 steals, 1.7 blocks, 0.9 um, turnovers. Did you get a chance to talk to him at all after he made his? made his decision why he stuck with Ocala after they seemingly forgot about it. Yeah, You know uh, I did. And one of the things that
1: really weighed heavily in his decision um, was he's actually developed um, quite a relationship with uh, Isaiah Moses um, from Ocala. Isaiah Isaiah Moses grew up in Ocala and and stayed there to play college ball. Um, Honestly, more than the coaching staff uh, Moses played a bigger part in, in Diller's decision here. Um, just talking about the, the team that they've put together and the culture that Coach Subpar Stash has uh, been building. Um, I know that Ocala was disappointed with a couple other ties that they didn't win. Um, but I think as Moses was talking to Dillard over the years, over the year, you know, he just talked about what he's been able to do there and the success he's been able to have um, and really cast a vision for what it would look like to uh, to have Dillard play alongside of him. Um Look, So looking at this class for Ocala, I mean, they've got another guy in Skylar Payne um, that looks really yeah. good on paper. To be honest, I'm pretty surprised that their class um, is only 109 overall, uh, the 96-121 class, because I think both Payne and Dillard can be really, really impactful here.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. Um, I mean, any better, because this is the senior year of Isaiah right. Moses, and if you drop the ball in that, you're in trouble. And I think also he probably thought, you know what? Like, yes, Fargo made a good push. Yes, they're an up and coming team. But if let's say, I mean, last year, Ocala greatly underperformed. They made the PN- PTT. They should have They should have ma- been in the NTT. They're good enough to be in the NTT and they, they weren't. And I'm, I'm thinking, he's thinking, well, Either subpark stash gets together and we get back to the NTT or maybe he gets fired, you know? So that's probably some of the thought. And, and and then he gets another coach that he can get another chance with. So we'll see. Um, but I I mean, yeah, I think that's why.
1: Yeah, Ocala. end of the day, O'Call is number 32 heading into the season. Uh, so they're in a yeah. great spot.
0: For sure. All right. Prince. Um, yeah, from 32. You um, your conference, but you were not. Owning, so it was we decided
1: real early to bow out on him. Um, he's an incredible player, yeah. and I knew he was going to be a big tie. Obviously, everybody did.
0: So. so he was choosing between Las Vegas, Yakima, Anaheim, Carlsbad, Santa Fe, and Flagstaff. Uh, he Prince was Prince was a six eleven center, good scout, a good, good, excellent, fair good plus. He wanted to stay local, good plus local, fair minus win, and poor plus impact. Uh, Where do he end up? He went to Carlsbad, the the Carlsbad bunny.
1: Um, yeah. He gets to team so, up with Douglas Burris, who uh, was one of last year's highest, uh, highest recruits. Didn't have an outstanding year, um, but was in the top 20 a couple times. This team was also led by now their junior point Point guard, Douglas Blackman. Oh, a lot of Douglas in this team. Mm-hmm. Um, he scored 20 a game plus four assists last year. Um, th- yeah. I'm I'm saying now, watch out for this team. They've put two back-to-back classes together that are just incredible.
0: Yeah, I love these classes. Um, you know, I could see him – I could see uh, Prince sliding very nicely into either the power forward mm-hmm. and center spot, hopefully the – I mean, Cody Taylor looks like he's a solid player. I mean, jo- Joseph Johnson's not a slouch either, but um, they got some talent. They, they're up and coming. I like it. Um, yeah, and what's interesting, so think- three – I
1: mean, he was, what, good plus local, I think. Um, three of these teams were in the region, and then three, Carlsbad, Santa Fe, and Flagstaff um, were in the conference. We've already mentioned Santa Fe is a, a talented team. Um, and ranked pretty highly flagstaff obviously is just coming off the championship run um so congrats again to them they've got a really talented and well-balanced team um so it seems like uh it seems like he was more interested here prince was in being able to to build something rather than to join an already established program
0: yeah for sure um, and actually I don't, I want to, I want to mention one more thing on Dillard. Um, I know, I know we kind of went past him, but, um, Dillard, actually, I just got a text that one of the, one of the main things too, was Ocala is a PNTT team, you know, and Fargo's <laughs> not.
1: And ultimately
0: he has the chance to play on the biggest stage. Like why wouldn't it, like, it makes sense that they're going to go after him, but why wouldn't he want to, um, come to a PNTT team. So just thought I'd uh, throw out that info I just got. All right. The last guy, I don't know who was on him, but he was the number. Let's see. So Tyreek Duncan um, was the number 56 player overall. Um, he dominated the player rate the, the player of the game rankings six two point guard excellent scouted excellent minus good plus good plus excellent minus good plus fair minus scout good win fair minus impact 27 points eight points a game 4.1 rebounds 4.7 steals this guy is a monster he is so good uh, and he he joins a really good class in Carnegie the 106. Why do you think he chose Carnegie? He wanted to win... You mean the 5-9? Uh, yep. Yes, the 5-9 yep. class. No, that's right.
1: good. Um, yeah, man. Uh, congrats to Carnegie. Uh, it's, it's, an, it's an insane class, and they've got a really, really talented roster. Um, why did he yeah. come to Carnegie? It's hard to say that without knowing what other teams are on. And what's curious is... Carnegie is not not bad by any statistical measure, um, but they are a perennial PTT team right now. Um, and yes. so I'm I'm going to assume that there were probably some uh, more uh, illustrious programs on this guy. Uh, so that's interesting to me that he would choose Carnegie. Their ranking has skyrocketed and they're number six pre re- preseason right now. They finished number 35 last year. Um and uh, had a 17 and seven year. Uh, the last five years, they're the 50th best team. Um, so not not bad at all, um, but kind of on the cusp of NTT. I think he finally gets them in. Yeah. Um, but it's a little bit of a surprise given given the win preference there um, that he went here, assuming there were other teams on
0: him that are winning more games. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean that. I, I think it's safe to say Carnegie is a great team, but they're also mm-hmm. underperforming. Um, they haven't performed up to what their expectations of their program is. And uh, yeah, this year is going to be a very big litmus test for lit, litmus test for them. And what's really um, interesting to me too,
1: about their roster now moving forward is they brought in three medium to small size guards, two of whom look like they're true point guards and, um, and so I wonder if yeah. there's a little bit of bottleneck there in the backcourt. Um, they didn't mm-hmm. get most of their scoring from the guard positions last year, but um, you know, here's three guys that are fighting for playing time right away.
0: Yeah, so you slide him in with Daniel Johnson, maybe Javante Wilburn. I'm not sure. Um, it's tough to say. He's <laughs> they got they got uh, Vital um they might they might go small. We'll see. I'm not I'm not exactly sure what they're going to do, but it's always a good problem mm-hmm. to have a lot of talent. All right, let's look at some of the uh, some of the top classes. Um, so the top class overall, I guess, is the is the two two class of Fresno. Um, although Ithaca, the Warriors, brought in the three one class. Um, so. Uh, let's do Ithaca first. Right. Um, so Ithaca brings in Marshall Stewart, Matthew, Matthew, Rutherford and Jacob Cooper. I would guess that Rutherford's the highlight of this class. Um, but you know, Stewart looks really good with his ratings. I know. Yeah. I like Stewart um, better on his,
1: on his numbers here.
0: Yeah. Rutherford's definitely a better defender. Um, but and I think Rutherford had really good ratings because he was a pretty high recruit, if I remember right. Um, he was fair scouted, good plus, good, good, excellent plus, excellent. And he wants to see a local, so um, yeah, not not a bad signing for them. How do you think? Yeah, what do you think about Ithaca this year? They they've been pretty bad. Yeah, know, and right. that you know you can't. There's nowhere to go but
1: up for them. Um, The beauty of guys that are 6'7 to 6'9 Is they can play so many different positions Um, Mm -hmm. I think Jacob Cooper uh, The true point guard that they signed um, Should slide right in After uh, they lost Blaine Robinson last year Um, His turnovers might be a concern 3.2 turnovers in high school Uh, But then Rutherford and Stewart I mean try them out 2 through 5 And see where they perform the best is, Is what I would do Um, I think, yeah, I mean, they could both play, both play multiple positions. Uh, I think it's a question of where do you want your passing to come from with Stewart giving you 3.2 assists per game, at least in high school, um, that matches their leading assist man from last season. So these three guys are gonna make Hmm. a huge impact on them.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Okay, let's look at uh, the two-two class of Fresno. Um, Fresno, Fresno um, brought in um, Samuel. Sorry, they brought in Samuel Mone, Samuel Moan, Nathan Mason, Engage Truesdell. So some size, a guard, and they needed some help after losing um, Nicholas Harvey, their twenty-five point per game point guard. Um, yeah, seven sixteen class. Yeah, they lost,
1: I, and they replaced it with a two two. So, <laughs> job well done, coach.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure where, um, where this high rating is coming from. Nathan Mason has an incredible plus minus. Um, not amazing stats, but not bad stats either for six eight guy. I feel like all three of these guys have a good shot at starting. Um, Samuel Moan's not the most efficient scorer, but. You know, at the small forward, getting seven assists is pretty, pretty impressive in and of, in of itself. But Gage Truesdell looks like the highlighter for this class.
1: Yeah, I think Truesdell is going to be an incredible player. Um, uh, it seems pretty clear to me that Sam Moone was, was recruited as a pass-first point guard, especially with them graduating Harvey last year. So they're going to shift. They're not going to expect him to, to score a lot, even though Harvey did. Um, they're going to put a lot of pressure on Truesdale to come in and score in the post. Um, and then house will probably carry him like he did last year. I would guess that's their strategy moving forward. And I think it fits well with what they're trying to do.
0: For sure. Um, yeah. Any other players you want to talk about or teams or yeah. Things that caught your eye. Um, I'll mention one, just a guy that we were on was uh, Bradley battle who
1: I think was from conference 32 um, he was a six a six power forward in high school uh, averaging about 22 points, eight rebounds, two assists. Um, so we had our eye on him for the backcourt. Uh, yeah, he was from conference 32. Uh, I thought the local was going to give us the edge on him. We were the only team from the conference recruiting him. Um, he did go to Seattle Uh, So he was only his class wasn't that highly ranked. It was the 183-71 class. Um, So I do wonder if he is the best one there that makes up for that disparity. Um, And Seattle's a good team Uh, coming in number 65. They have the 3-4 sophomore class and the 29-38 senior class. So um, Battle, I think, is probably their guy for the future and is going to make maybe a, an impact on the bench this year or fight for some time in the starting lineup.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty disappointed. I lost out on uh Bram flowers out of uh, conference 22 to um, golf shores. <laughs> and Bram was just incredible. Well, um, he shot 63.8% true shooting percentage, 25 points per game. I mean, this guy's going to be a stud and it's going to pain me. He shot in high school. He shot 52.7% Forty-four point eight and ninety-one point nine from the free throw line, and uh, he shot six point eight three pointers a game in high school too, and shot four, almost forty-five percent at that. So that one, yeah, he's, he's incredible. <laughs> uh, they already got a great team, and I was like, man, if I lose that one, I'm just gonna. I was already preparing myself to lose that. Yeah, one, but you know, lost the worst and... classes Gulf Shores has now.
1: Uh... Their seniors are 57-69, juniors 22-40. That's sophomore class, obviously, 1-2, and then they bring in the 14-16.
0: Yeah, they look like one of the favorites, if not the favorite this year for sure. Um, Any other teams you're keeping your eye on this year? Um, Eugene brings in a really good class for um, Alan Fairclough's senior year. Oh, nice. What did –
1: you know, I was going to look at Waterloo. Um, yeah. They brought in the 929 class. Uh, looks like yeah. three, three guys that are versatile can play the wing, score double digits. Um, not the most efficient guys, uh, but they've got a lot coming back too. So they're a really talented team.
0: Yeah, I will say this. Um, Lansing oh, yeah, brought in the 6-1. <clears throat> Yeah. They they brought in the uh, 6-1 class um and they didn't even break a tie. So they only had one tie, but even still I guys, don't know how you do that. We need to um, get coach
1: back on the podcast to to give us his secrets.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what happened? Uh, he had one guy that was a tie, his probably his best player, Joseph Gross, um who who was um yeah, who basically uh the other coach um, forgot to recruit him job. one week. And uh yeah, so that's tough if you're ever on um, if
1: anybody listening is ever on a tie with me, you can go ahead and forget to recruit
0: one week. Yeah, same here, same here. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on, coach. Um yeah, we really enjoyed um your knowledge and what you had to bring. Um Better. Excited for the PNTT to start, you know, and, uh, you know, maybe if you missed out on your ties, next year will join the PNTT. Players like to join. Players like. To I play, thought you were making you know, a pun so. when
1: you said you missed out on your ties. You missed out on your ties. Maybe I will. Yuma misses out on a lot of ties. Hey, thanks for having me, coach. Cool. Thanks, man.